Hello and welcome to Forces Sport with me, Kath Brazier and COVID Jules. Jules, how are you feeling? Obviously your health is very important to me. I've been banished. I'm under house <laughs> arrest. We predicted this might happen and it did. I've gone down with a lurgy. So uh, I'm at the bottom of the garden in the makeshift <laughs> shed type studio type thing with layers of duvets, not to keep me warm, but to, to muffle my dulcet tones to you. So that's well, where I am. Thank you so much for joining us because I know I, uh, you have amazingly been able to avoid COVID for two years, but um, yeah. I know I what thought that I was like, like. I thought I was like yeah. kryptonite. Superman. I thought I was like Superman. <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely devastated this has happened. And I can't say that it's not happened at a busy time for us either, has oh, it? Oh, I know. Uh, it's March, March is a killer, isn't it? Mad but, um, March. That's where we're at. Um, so, yes, if you do... Um, ascertain a little of a cold in Jules's voice that is down to Covid but he's he's been man enough to come on the show and thank you for that um a good show to be on actually Jules because we're building up to the much anticipated and twice postponed Invictus Games finally being held this April in The Hague and we're going to be speaking to a smattering of Team UK competitors over the next few weeks so that you can get to know a few of the faces or voices before the competition gets underway. Today's guest is Stephen Rice, formerly a captain in the British Army. He talks incredibly eloquently about his experiences in Afghanistan, how far he's come in his recovery, and how sport has played an integral cog in that journey. The journey here is just as important as the games themselves. If you set yourself up that the games is this kind of pinnacle, you're going to crash afterwards. The, the journey is so important. And this idea of going to the gym, setting the patterns and behaviours, doing sports, finding clubs. You know, outside of this, I've played cricket for accessibility sports teams already. You know, I kind of do loads of other things as well through this journey because this has proved to me how important sports, sports as a means of recovery is. The games, of course, start on the 16th of April. Now, there are some people who mistakenly assume this is like a Paralympic Games for the military. But what has become clear over the four editions of the games we've seen so far is that the Invictus movement is about so much more than physical health and competition. Now, for me, the games is a stepping stone. I don't care if I win anything. I, if I do great, you know, if I get a medal, whatever. If As long as I try and get the PBs, if I get close to my PBs or if I get a PB, that's great. All I really want to do is be a better human being for my family. If, if, that, if I achieve that and I'm, you know, better for them to be around and if I have things in place, sport, exercise, that's in balance with work and family and everything else in my community, then I've won. I have spoken, Jules, to so many Invictus competitors over the sort of eight years that, you know, you and I obviously went to the first games in, in 2014 in London. Um, and I'm still now, I sort of go along to these training weekends and I think, oh, you know, I've heard all the stories. I, I know where these people are coming from. And I'm always amazed at the, they're not new stories. They sort of follow a similar pattern, but the reactions to people's and people's journeys always fascinate me. And I have to say, you know, we we always say that the Invictus Games is about the people and that's very much true um, you know, in 2022 as it was in 2014. But yeah, the memories of 2014 games, Jules, I mean, they're still strong in our mind, aren't they? Oh, brilliant. An amazing occasion for everybody involved, not just the athletes, of course, but for their families and, and support teams that they had with them. It was a, a brilliant occasion in London. I just wonder, Stephen mentioned that he played a bit of cricket. Was, yeah. he, in, was he involved in that cricket hi heroes fixture that we had at the Oval? 
Um, I didn't ask him. I will. No. I will ask that game. But yeah, was that twenty seven? No, twenty fifteen. I think that was, wasn't it? Um, I, I can't remember. But I, I seem I was... to remember it's around the time that the Rugby World Cup was starting. So um, we went right. to the Oval, and yeah, I mean, gosh, some of the names we got to speak to: um, Sir Andrew Strauss, of course, Mahendra um, Singh Dhoni. I mean, some absolute celebrities against a sort of help for heroes cricket eleven, wasn't it? Graham Swan. <laughs> oh, Swanee. Just, just to bring it down. But yeah, an amaz- that was an amazing occasion. So is this Stephen's debut then at, at the Invictus Games? Yeah, as you'll hear in the interview, he was a reserve for Toronto in 2017 and he went to the Warrior Games in 2018, which we all know was sort of um, when Prince Harry came to see the Warrior Games over in the States. That's when he decided the Invictus Games was going to be a thing. But yeah, it's his debut. And interesting, he also says he's only going to do one because... He sort of he's very aware that there's hundreds of people who need this journey. And, you know, at the moment it's something he's on. But he reckons once he's done this Invictus Games, um, it will have been part of that cog of that journey and he'll move on to something else. Whether that, you know, he'd probably be playing more cricket. But, yeah, he's just really he speaks really well, as they all did. um, And he'll be one of the many voices and hopefully one of the many competitors that you'll be able to see in action in, in a few weeks time. But of course, we'll also be looking at some of the sports stories from around the forces world and the whole wide world that are making the headlines here on Forces Sport. To Interservices Football now, and amazingly, in only the second week of competition, we already know the champions. And it's the Royal Air Force, a double header with both the men and the women beating their army counterparts for the titles. The men with a resounding 4-1 win at Aldershot Town. Even though the men in red, the army, took an early lead, the light blues proved dominant, secure an incredible comeback. A hat-trick from Mike Campbell and a curling striker from Jake Gosling blew the army away in their home fixture. Here's the RAF captain, Tom Clay talking to John Knighton after the game. I mean, to be honest, we've, we've been like that all season, you know. Gaffer coming in has given it, you know, breath of fresh air, to be honest. I mean, I've had to call myself, like, oh, you're getting old now, you, you know, you've gone, your legs have gone. Gaffer's given, you know, I, without him, we just, he just wants us to play football and, you know, we, we, lads we've got, you know, we're, it, it's just exciting again, you know, it's brought the it's brought the feel back. And I, and I said back in September, you know, after, after I'd come back in when I'd had my shoulder up, I said... This feels like I'm getting tingles in my spine like I did, you know, from years gone by when we've won it. And I thought, this is the year. And although we've been confident, we've, we've been grounded as well, you know. We respected Navy last week, great side. And we respected Army tonight, you know. But it's about time we got it back and, and that's what we've been working towards all year. A memorable day then for the RAF after the women's team also won their inter-services title earlier in the afternoon. They beat the Army 2-0 in Aldershot thanks to Philippa Wilson's early strike and Beth and Jewett's stunning goal. Captain Rachel Howes delighted with two wins and two and she also spoke to John. It was uh, unbelievable from the girls. We've had two absolutely like, fantastic performances, two clean sheets which I couldn't be happier about. Um, and today we just dominated from start to finish. Uh, to, to be able to lift all three trophies at the end of into services is, is brilliant. I'm, I'm so proud of every single one of them. A um, couple of things to, to note on those matches, Jules, and I know you would have been gutted to miss out, but of course COVID has kept you at home. But um, in the women's game, it was a fitting swan song for their coach, Jim Bryden, and he's stepping down as head coach, but he's also leaving the RAF after 22 years. So just a perfect way, the girls, you know, doing doing the job for him then. A lot of emotion, clearly, in winning both those games. Um, you could hear it in Tom's voice there. And he celebrated 
winning that title by lifting the trophy with Lewis Brownhill, who's been a key player for the RAF and UK Armed Forces football over the years. But injury has sadly cut his career short. But clearly, he's been kept in the mix of the teams. But do you think we're, we're back to maybe... when I think when I first joined BFBS, the RAF, were on, RAF men in particular were on a sort of seven-year winning streak. Do you think we could see those days again? Well, it's a bit early to say that. But <laughs> delighted, delighted for, for everyone involved. I mean, Lewis Brownhill, brother of... Brother of Josh, of course, Premiership yes. footballer. Burnley striker. Yeah, you go. So he he's, you know, terrific for him to have overcome those injury setbacks that he's had, and then to mm. take to the pitch and, and play that crucial role that he played. But you know, I do wonder how much of a role, how much experience Jake Gosling, the Gibraltar international, brought to the to the team because he is some player. He's been fantastic for UK Armed Forces over mm. the years, and he's still doing it. You know, he's still going strong and still. Pulling the strings, I'm sure. So, um, a fantastic performance by the Light Blues. Well done to yeah. them. And we talk about experience. I mean, in the women's game as well, you've got the likes of Kat Beaver and um, and Rachel Howes. I mean, you know, many a name you could think of there who really sort of take the team forward. But I really felt that from those interviews, having not been there myself, that it was quite an emotional win for, for both sides. And quite nice to have the tournament decided in the second week. Um, they will, of course, play the fixtures. Um, the Army will play the Royal Navy, but those are null and void as far as we go. But more inter-services action in the rugby with the first game this weekend in Gloucester. Jules, you predicted a win for the RAF women, but that the Army men would take the victory. So why don't you tell me about all the action that you saw at King's Home? Well, under sunny skies at Gloucester, it was glory for the teams in red at Gloucester. The Army women enjoyed victory over their rivals. They won 24 points to 10, helping to erase, if you can recall, memories of the last time they played the Air Force women in 2019, which saw the light blues win their first ever inter-services title. Well, three years ago, sitting on the sidelines was Jade Mullen. This time around, she skippered the Army to success, scoring a try in their win. And afterwards, Jade spoke to our colleague, Kyle Dixon, and spoke of her delight and paid tribute to their coach, Gemma Stonebridge-Smith, who couldn't be at the game due to COVID. It's absolutely great. Um, 2019 was hard. Um, I was watching on the, the sideline. Um, to be out here today um, like meant everything. The girls, like tears in their eyes. Unfortunately, our head coach couldn't be here either. Like, um, she's at home with COVID. Um, we just really wanted to put in the performance that she deserved and we know we could do for her. Um, and I hope we've done her proud. Well, there's a lot of that COVID about. Meanwhile, a good crowd at King's Home were treated to some more engaging rugby as the Army men ground out a 35-20 win over the Royal Air Force. Former England winger Samisa Rocco-Daguni made all the difference with two well-taken tries for the Army. Bathman Rocco says his team deserved the win but admitted they will need to improve ahead of facing the Navy. I mean, all the, all the tries, all the, fucking good, uh, the, the good stuff from the boys... Um, it, it, it's collect, it's, a, it's a team effort, so the boys been training hard throughout the last two weeks and it, it paid off. I mean, there's, there's a couple of areas there where we need to work on, but um, I'm, I'm happy with the, with, the, with, the, with the result there. Well, the next round of games is in just under a fortnight as the RAF and Navy go toe-to-toe before the conclusion of the competition with the Army and Navy fixture at Twickenham at the end of April. That, of course, is another double header. Just on to 
quick mention of the hockey at Aldershot, Interservices Hockey this week. And I know the ground staff at Aldershot have been working very hard in the build-up to that tournament, putting down plenty of sand. Well, it certainly paid dividends for the Army women because they were crown champions as they beat the other two services. Meanwhile, the RAF men, they took their title. And Jules, before we finish this sort of section, some extraordinary news in netball. Probably not what people are expecting, but Army netball player Dave Sunaki has been selected to represent England men. Now, I'm sure most people don't even know that there is a men's team, but Dave has only been playing for eight months under the guidance of Army netball coaches. And well, I mean, this is great news, you know, representation in a sport that we we haven't seen um, military men in particular represent before. Well, it's not been long since the Army set up a squad, set up a team. They had a few trial sessions, which I went along to. And Laura Ellis, the head coach of the women's side, has also been coaching the guys. And for Dave to to find his way to the top (laughs) after such a short amount of time in the game is fantastic. So well done to Dave. Well done to Army Netball. They've set the bar. It's up to the other two services to try and match that, to try and equal that. Look forward to amends into services. Can you imagine the tussle? They'll probably have to draft in players from other other sports as well, I'm sure. There's a lot of crossover. Um, There's a lot of crossover in netball, isn't there? Yeah, but, you know, I've seen a lot of basketball players succeed at netball, but it's It's such a, it's more restricted than basketball. So often, if they can get the goals in, then, then they're in. But obviously, the, netball's a lot more limited as to where you can go. So for those of us, uh, who play recreationally on a, on a sort of weekly basis. Can you explain to me, just, does the men's game look any different? Um, is, it, is it faster? What, what, to, to your eyes, what, what, what did it look like? Oh, you're, you're asking the uneducated here. Uh, <laughs> We've I, seen a lot of women's netball. I have. Uh, do, do you know what? A, a, a positioning, positioning play, because so many of the guys were getting used to their to their role on court, what they should be doing. But in terms of athleticism, it's all there. You know, mm. all the ingredients are there. You just got to hone the understandings of the law and, and where your body is and and how to unpick the defence, all that sort of stuff. So give it time, and I'm sure the Army will have an excellent team. Just one just one final inter-services piece of sporting mm-hmm. news for you. Badminton, up at, up at RAF Halton, another clean sweep for the light blues. The RAF men won the men's championships, and the women took the women's crown in badminton. So well done to them as well. It's, it's been, a, been a purple patch for the light blues, if that makes gonna sense. I was going to say, a light blue week, hasn't it? It has been a light blue week. BFBS, the Forces Station. This is Forces Sport. Thank you for listening. I'm Kath Brazier and I'm here with Julian Evans. As we said earlier, we want to start looking towards the Invictus Games, which are finally happening in The Hague next month. We already heard from Captain Rachel Williamson, captain, of course, of Team UK. She was our guest just a couple of weeks ago, but we'll be bringing you a selection of voices and stories over the next few weeks in the lead up to the Games. And this is Stephen Rice. I was formerly a captain in the Mercian Regiment, uh, obviously in the British Army. Um, I got involved in Victor's Games first off, way back in 2017. Um, I'd been out for about three years, um, was really, really struggling, so I... Uh, I hadn't been diagnosed at that point, but I was really, really struggling with PTSD and, and my injuries as well that I'd sustained back in 2010 in Afghanistan. Um, and really sort of got, started getting involved then with the whole process of sports recovery and kind of everything that, that kind of this whole thing has to offer. Um, a lot of people almost expect people from Afghanistan to, to have PTSD. And it, yeah. I think the, the average amount of time it takes is something like crazy, like 13 years for it to develop. Um, so, 
you know, you, you hadn't been diagnosed, you obviously knew something was wrong. What was your sort of process in kind of realising that you weren't quite you and sort of getting, getting, trying to get back to you as well? Yeah, so for me, I'd had snippets of not being well whilst I was still serving. So we got back from Afghanistan, I was on up here at 12. We got back from Afghanistan in, in sort of the October and it was in, I think, the March or April of the following year. I actually went to the med chain. I went to, went to the RMO and said, look, I'm not very, I'm not well. Um, I didn't follow anything up with that because I didn't want people to think I was jumping on the bandwagon. Um, I was really quite unhappy about the whole situation, so I just kind of almost tried to mentally deny it. Um, and yeah, you're right. Um, when you're in the military, you're able to compartmentalise that trauma. So you're with people who went through the same experiences. You're with people who can talk about it more freely and openly because you've got that experience. When you leave the military, that ability to compartmentalise breaks down because you haven't got the support, the network, the frame of reference to be able to cope with it. And so it falls away and that trauma comes out. And that's what happened with me gradually over the course of about three or four years that kind of really peaked in 2018 where I ended up in crisis care uh, uh, within the sort of the mental health team. Um, did you say that in Afghanistan you picked up some physical injuries as well and, and sort of obviously mental injury is exactly the same thing but was it a combination of the two or do you think the PTSD probably would have existed as well just, just from the experiences you've been through? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a really good question. Um, so yeah, I was injured and my, the PTSD that I uh, suffer from is from the same incident. Um, so I was caught in an ID blast. I was up in Sangin, uh, a place called Wishton. Um, one of my lads, so I was a platoon commander, and one of my lads got blown up uh, right in front of me, about two metres in front of me. Um, I really, sorry, I really struggled with that and um, for a long time. And uh, yeah, I do think the physical injuries did exacerbate that because it was a constant reminder. Um, you know, the fact that I had this injury, which I, again, I covered up, I, I strapped it up and I took painkillers for three, four years because I didn't want people to think that I was kind of jumping, riding on the coattails of someone else's injury. So I just kind of got on with it. And yeah, I think the PTSD would have been there anyway, but I, yeah, they probably kind of worked together a little bit. And now you're in the Invictus environment, um, how much does that help with the PTSD? Just because you're able to talk about it, I imagine more openly to your, your teammates, um, you know, how much of it is, because they've had similar experiences as well. Yeah, I, I do think that's a huge part of it. For me, actually having community-based therapy as much as this is an amazing place and you're right this environment is there's a lot of shared experience and a lot of common kind of common experience in, in with that for me the biggest kind of awakening was around kind of really good quality community-based mental health i struggled for a long time because that didn't exist um you know and and actually a big shout out to the the op courage guys in the west midlands for the you know the warwickshire west midlands and the birmingham solid hall team they've done a lot to improve their services it's not perfect um, but for me, that was a big trigger because getting into those services and combat stress as well, I've had support from walking with the wounded as well. That was, I think, the biggest thing for me. Invictus for me is about, it's the holistic piece. It's about setting yourself up with other things as well. So it's the, it's the physical distraction, it's the endorphins, it's the sense of achievement, it's the sense of teamwork that goes with that. And when you put that alongside the therapy, it's a recipe for success. Basically, just described what sports recovery is all about. Yes, yeah. And um, when did you realise that sport had to be something that built into your into your recovery? I, I knew from quite early on. So when I was first kind of trying to access therapies, and, and as I said, I, I engaged with Invictus quite early on until 2017. 
I was a reserve for Toronto. I was able to go to the Warrior Games in 2018, which was an amazing experience. Um, but I, I actually crashed really, really hard after that because I went to the games and three months later, I ended up a and with the crisis team. I was ready to commit suicide, frankly. Um, and it was, I got the wrong balance. For me, it was all about the pinnacle. It was about trying to go to the games and thinking it was going to be this panacea moment. Clearly, that's not the case. You've got to think long term. Now, for me, the games is a stepping stone. I don't care if I win anything. I, if I do great, you know, if I get a medal, whatever. If as long as I try and get the PBs, if I get close to my PBs or if I get a PB, that's great. All I really want to do is be a better human being for my family. If, if that, if I achieve that, and I'm, you know, better for them to be around, and if I have things in place, sport, exercise, that's in balance with work and family and everything else in my community, then I've won. Do you feel though that um, you will always need something like the Invictus Games and maybe it's something you'll be able to self sort of find, you, you know, after, after this Invictus Games, you know, do you feel that you'll always need something to work towards to sort of keep you getting up in the morning? I'm sure your family do as well, but you know, you know, just to sort of, because even if you hadn't been through what you go through, this does become the pinnacle, but then you just have to teach yourself to find something else to look forward to, whether that's just going to the park with the kids or something like that. Yeah, 100%. The journey here is just as important as the games themselves. If you set yourself up that the games is this kind of pinnacle, you're gonna crash afterwards. The, the journey is so important. And this idea of going to the gym, setting the patterns and behaviors, doing sports, finding clubs, yeah, outside of this, I've played cricket for accessibility sports teams already. You know, I kind of do loads of other things as well through this journey because this has proved to me how important sports, sports as a means of recovery is. So I know I can't depend on this. You know, I have no intention of going to another game. Simple. Because for me, this is one is that stepping stone to, you know, a transitional route forward to something afterwards. And let's get back to the games. Um, I love all the reasons that you're going, but it's, you know, it's so close now. Um, did you ever think it would happen? You know, I mean, did you, you know, because of, you know, for the two years, it's been what it is, but um, The Hague as well, the, the Netherlands have been such strong competitors in all of the Invictus games as well. It's, it seems like, A, they are, you know, they've had three years, three or four years to prepare, but they seem to be more into it than anyone else so what do you think the Hague experience will be like and competing against Netherlands obviously with all the other competitors um, one thing that's really struck me is just how much the community and the local, kind of local government are behind everything you know a lot of videos out recently from the organising committee about you know with the mayor with the local community there's sounds like they've got a real sense of community around it the athletes are all over it they're pushing so much on the comms and not even in a competitive way just this sense of excitement and I think we're all feeding off that because they're pushing out these messages constantly in a really non-competitive but really excited way. I think everyone's really, really up for it. And yeah, can't wait to go. Look, it, it's not Orlando, it's not Sydney, you know, but, you know, the North Sea in April, who cares? It's, you know, it's going to be amazing. I've always been intrigued by the, the Hague. I always wanted to just go to the criminal court. But um, <laughs> just finally, aside from rowing, what other sports are you doing? And sort of what do you think will be your, I use that word again, pinnacle, what, what are you hoping to kind of get your PBs and stuff like that? Yeah, sure. So I'm doing, alongside rowing, I'm doing sing volleyball and swimming. Um, swimming was the sport I really 
focused on when I was really, really struggling. Um, you know, people in my family swum at kind of competitive level previously, you know, back in like the 70s and stuff. <laughs> so for me, uh, look, I want a PB, that's it. I, I want to PB in the rowing, I PB this weekend here at training camp. I want to PB when I'm out there. Um, I've got certain goals I want to hit, and, and I know if I do those, I'll be happy. Um, I'm also doing sitting volleyball. We've got an amazing team. I'm by no means up with like the, the, guy, the leading guys in the team. We've got some amazing sitting volleyball players who are, you know, smashing it at kind of representative level, um, like we've got in so many of the other team sports as well. Just going along, being part of a team um, is going to be an amazing experience. And so for me, just being part of that environment is important. A lot of noise in the background, but that was the wheelchair rugby players who tend to be tend to lift the roof as they did. Um, noisy bunch but the, what, <laughs> what a powerful interview that was he's so good yeah uh it just i think it, i sort of asked around and said oh you know i need four voices for this for this week you say ask asked asked i around. asked around i'm sorry asked around no that's quite all right <laughs> I, I i don't do the other around i just asked around well my my um, ears are bunged up so uh, yeah <laughs> i asked around i asked uh, whether who who would be best interview and Stephen's name immediately came up um and yeah I mean I say eloquent I totally mean it just and I get blown away by these stories every single time and you'd think by this point I I would have heard it all but I haven't um and he was brilliant and it makes me want to get out there and see them compete and and enjoy themselves um we will be covering more Invictus athletes before the games begin on the 16th of April. So do join our website, forces.net, for any catch-up on that. And, of course, if you want to listen to the Rachel Williamson interview, which is as equally as good, which we did a couple of weeks ago, you can go on to the BFBS Sports Show YouTube channel where you can catch up with all the military athletes that we've spoken to over the last 20 or so shows that we've done. Now, Jules, um, what's going on in the world Well, I Well, yeah, <laughs> pick myself up, pick myself up, because... Do you remember last time we spoke, I was a bit down about Wales losing right. the rugby to Italy. Yes. Well, as the sporting gods would have it, <laughs> this time with the football as opposed to the egg-shaped ball, um, <laughs> thanks to Gareth Bale, another you know god that there is, a little way to go yet, so no but, chance to get too excited. But interesting, as you talk about the, the, the Wales football and rugby, Italy reverse fortunes, having beaten Wales last week in the rugby, they're now out of the Football World Cup and they're European champions, which I just, it's incredible, isn't it? And thankfully for them, they weren't playing the whole of Macedonia, just the north of Macedonia. <laughs> Can you imagine what the scoreline would have been? So, yeah, disappointing for Italy. I mean, that's two World mm. Cups now, back to back, that they mm. haven't featured. How is this possible? Italy, one of the greatest teams to have graced the international circuit just goes to show how quickly things can change in changing room and um, dressing rooms and, and what have you and that happens the world over in in all different kinds of sport really sad to see the news about ash barty in tennis as well yeah the world of tennis was rocked with ash barty retiring at the age of 25 i did wonder what she i did wonder what she was going to do next there are those athletes that double up aren't there that have done other sports you know sunny bill mm. williams played rugby mm -hmm. league rugby union but crucially now he's a boxer and uh, he, he won his latest fight. There was another lad called Curtis Woodhouse, footballer. He also turned to boxing. So I don't think Ash Barty's going to go down the boxing route. In fact, I know she played cricket. She played top flight cricket for a while, didn't she? Interesting. She, she played in the Australian Big Bash. 
that's how good she was at cricket. Um, looking ahead to our schedule, of course, the final football inter-services match will be played and we are still going to be playing it live on the Forces News Facebook page. Despite the RAF already being crowned champions in both the men's and the women's competitions, we'll still be bringing you those games. Like I said, um, the Royal Navy women host the Army on Tuesday night at the Victory Stadium at HMS Temeraire in Portsmouth and the men's fixture is on Wednesday at Yeovil Town. In Rugby League, the Army women go again against Barrow Raiders at the weekend in their second Challenge Cup game. And there's some UK Armed Forces Rugby League this week. The men's team kick off their President's Cup matches against Saddleworth Rangers this Wednesday. And of course, just going back to the Inter-Services Rugby, the next round of Inter-Services Rugby will see the Royal Navy up against the REF at Ealing Trailfinders. And those games are on Saturday the 9th of April and we'll also be showing those live on the Forces News Facebook page. Can I just say, can I just say a well done, she won't be listening, but well done to Valentina Varetska. She fled from the Ukraine, or she fled Ukraine a little while ago with her 11-year-old daughter, and she made it safely to Israel. And she's only gone and won the Jerusalem Marathon. (laughs) That's incredible. Isn't that incredible? She's, She's won the Jerusalem Marathon, having made it to safety... In Israel, her husband's still back in Ukraine, still fighting with the army there. Mm. But that's that's a fantastic sporting story. So, Just hey, you're off, you're off to a health retreat for a few days, aren't you? So I've got to beat this bug. And you're yes. off to a health retreat just to sort I of ram it, ram it home in my face. I off to like enjoy some Ethiopian coffee and lavender-infused facials or something like that, whatever that you do in your health retreats. I'm having a coffee-infused something else, but I'm not prepared to reveal that on forces sport so you can keep up (laughs) you can keep up with all that's happening just go to forces.net for the latest results and action but that's it from forces sport for this another week we'd love to hear from you so you can get in touch by emailing us at forces sport at bfbs.com maybe you've got some sporting history you want to celebrate or of course any of those military athletes in all those hundreds of different sports that you all manage to play but don't forget to have a look back at all the chats with our military guests on the BFBS Sports Show YouTube channel and of course you can listen back to all the weekly Forces Sport programmes at bfbs.com slash podcast or wherever it is you get your podcast. Jules, good health to you. Well, good health to you in your little sunny resort. And good health to anyone who's listening. Thank you for doing so. We'll see you next week.